The first week of January, I was blessed to go to Iskathan Bible Conference for priests. A person said, Father, I really like when you go to these conferences and retreats because when you come back, your sermons are a little better. So I'll let, I'll let you be the judge of that this morning. Well, the theme of the Bible conference was Scott Hahn's new book, Holy Is His Name. And we were reminded at the conference, God alone is holy. Holiness is something proper to God alone. God is holiness. And yet, in that second reading we heard from Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he tells the Corinthians, be holy. In another place, Paul says, strive for holiness. He says, this is the will of God for you, to be holy. So God alone is holy, and yet we're called to holiness. How does this fit together? How do we become holy? I want to begin by sharing the story of St. Ignatius to kind of open this up. So St. Ignatius was born in 1491, died in 1556, most commonly known, of course, as the founder of the Society of Jesus, the Jesuits. As a young man, Ignatius was a soldier, and he was wounded in battle. His leg was hit by a cannonball, shattered his leg, he was laid up. Now, Ignatius loved to read stories of chivalry and heroism and romance, but there were none of these novels available. The only thing available to him was the life of Christ and the life of the saints. And it was reading these that brought about his initial conversion. On my 30-day retreat back in 2021, our retreat master, going, leading us through the Ignatian exercises, he posed the question to us, would we be here if Ignatius wasn't hit by that cannonball? It's a good reminder that sometimes the sufferings, the difficulties of life, are what bring about conversion. Look what happened to Ignatius. He becomes this great saint. Well, after his initial conversion, Ignatius decides he's going to set out on his pilgrimage to the Holy Land, and he begins living this really austere life. Hardly eating, fasting, he doesn't shower, doesn't cut his hair, doesn't cut his nails. He's living this abject poverty, this very austere life. And he makes this general confession of his life, and afterwards he thinks, well, I didn't do that perfectly. And so he again makes a general confession, and again and again. He finds out that this scrupulosity is really an attack from the evil one. And more importantly, he's awakened to the fact that on his own, he cannot make himself holy. How often, after an initial conversion to Christ, we set out with this ungodly self-reliance, thinking, if only I do this, this, and this, I could make myself holy. The seminary professor was fond of telling us, Holiness has more to do with God than it does yourselves. Remember when Father Ricardo was here, he said, Holiness is not about trying harder, it's about making a deeper surrender. Holiness is really the work of God. So, God alone is holy. How are we made holy? 
by being joined to God and sharing in His divine life, by we're made holy by the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. This is not so much our work as it is God's work. You know, Ralph Martin was one of the speakers at the conference, and he gave us three points on the growth of holiness. At first, he reminded us, okay, holiness begins with grace. It's God who makes us holy. If holiness comes about from the gift of God's Spirit and being united to God, the first step then of growing in holiness is to be forgiven of our sins which separates us from God. So that we can be joined to God and share in His very divine life. How are our sins forgiven? By the blood of the Lamb. John the Baptist tells us in the Gospel, Behold the Lamb. Jesus is the Lamb who sacrifices His life on the cross for the salvation of the world. And it's through the blood of the Lamb that our sins are forgiven. How are we washed in the blood of the Lamb? Is through the sacrament of baptism. We're washed in the blood of the Lamb. Our sins are forgiven. We're united to God in our baptism. We receive the outpouring of the Holy Spirit and we are made holy. We are claimed by God in our baptism to become beloved children of God. And it's through our baptism that we're first made holy. And then if we ever are parted from God through our sin, we're again washed in the blood of the Lamb through the sacrament of reconciliation. So first is the primacy of grace. Holiness is the work of God. God alone is holy. And He makes us holy by uniting us to Himself and sharing His divine life with us. Now second, Ralph Martin said, lest we think then that, okay, well, there's nothing for me to do. I just sit around and wait for God to make me holy. He says, no, we have to dispose ourselves to grace. We have to come to the fonts of grace. We have to live a sacramental life. Otherwise, how are we going to be holy? How? Why would we think we're going to be holy if we're not living in union with Jesus? So, of course, we have to be coming to Mass. It's here when we are united with Christ in the Eucharist, properly disposed for Holy Communion, that we are made holy. We're joined to God right here in the Holy Eucharist. You know, every time we receive Holy Communion, we are configured to Christ. We are made holy. And then the goal of our spiritual life really is that we must decrease and He must increase within us. See, holiness comes about by letting Jesus take over our lives. By letting the life of Christ live within us. So by grace, disposing ourselves for grace, another way we dispose ourselves to grace, of course, is through our daily meditation and prayer. Why would we think we can become holy if we're not trying to foster a friendship with God? We have to take that 20 minutes a day to listen to the voice of the Lord and let Jesus speak to us and make a little resolution for our day. Finally, Ralph Martin said, holiness also involves a purification. So again, think about if holiness means being united with God, sharing in His divine life, God alone who is holy, shares His life with us, then this means I have to let go of the world and my false idols so that I can receive Jesus and so 
surrender to him and let him into my life. And so Ralph Martin says, well, there can be many idols in our life. And he says, I want to just mention three that the saints focus on. Love of money and inordinate attachment to health and an inordinate attachment to our reputation. First, love of money, which the Bible says is the root of all evil. How do I know if I've really made money and the love of money an idol in my life? Well, the saints share this wisdom. They say, do we feel desolation at the loss of property or material possessions? Do we feel desolation at the loss of property? Last summer, I had my wallet stolen. Now, it's my fault. I left my car alive, and here's my wallet on my center console. And so I called the uh, credit card company and say, hey, my wallet was stolen. And she's, oh, well, it doesn't look like there are any charges to your credit card. You must have had a lot of cash in your wallet. Well, in fact, I did. And they got it. Now, I'm brooding over this loss. The Lord is purging me. Obviously, somebody needed it more than I did. Okay, do we brood over the loss of things? Secondly, the saints say, do we find ourselves desiring or coveting material things? And a way we know that we're detached from the love of money is our generosity. Are we generous with our things? Do we let people borrow things? What about health? Again, we could be overly concerned about our appearance, our weight, how we're feeling, how much sleep we're getting. Now, don't get me wrong, we need to be good stewards of our bodies. We need to get adequate rest. We need to exercise and take care of ourselves. But we can become attached to all this if we start to think, well, you know, I'm just not feeling too good, or I'm kind of tired, and it prevents me from fulfilling my religious obligations, or I begin to excuse myself from prayer and other religious practice because I have this over-concern about my health. Finally, worrying about our reputation, constantly trying to rationalize, defend ourselves, placing ourselves up in a place of importance. I'm reading, listening right now to an audible book by Benedict Rochelle, and he says, look, if we're honest, we're really good at throwing pity parties and resentment reunions. He says, do you know the pharaohs in Egypt used to collect their tears in vials, and then they would put these vials in sacred places, and they were even buried with these vials of their tears. And so do we find ourselves being overly sensitive, brooding over injuries, unable to receive criticism or feedback, constantly worrying about what others are thinking about us? We think about how Jesus was reviled on the cross. Holiness then involves letting go of our false idols so that we can be joined to God and receive Jesus into our lives and into our hearts. What is holy? God alone is holy and whatever belongs to God. What a gift 
then Jesus, out of his love for us, joins us to himself and shares his divine life with us so that we 